In a shocking turn of events out of Baton Rouge, Miles Brennan is no longer going to be on the LSU Tigers roster, and now Jane Daniels will be presumably be the starting QB when LSU faces Florida State. How does that affect Seminoles' chances when they go to Baton Rouge? Or, I'm sorry, when they go to New Orleans? All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. <laughs> You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. Hello, everybody. It's your boy, Drake, here, and apology for the audio quality as I am moving, but I have Dave in the Zoom room here with me. Dave, how's it going, my guy? Going. It's a it's a new era here at Locked On Seminoles. If you missed yesterday's episode, uh, Max has moved on to greener pastures. He is not dead. Uh, he'll probably still be on sometimes. But uh, you're stuck with me and Drake running the ship, and uh, I think you'll like what you have to see. Yeah, R.I.P. Max. Not really, but really that. But he's <laughs> definitely going to be a frequent contributor and always be welcome here with Mark because he's still our best friend, regardless. At the end of the day, but right. today. Folks, we are talking about what transpired out of LSU Tigers training camp. Miles Brennan, who many people, including Dave and myself, picked to be the starting QB when LSU faced Florida State Labor Day weekend. Dave, when you saw the news, what was your immediate reaction to that? And then also hearing that Jane Daniels, the Arizona State transfer, will be starting against Florida State that weekend. The sigh of relief is what you just saw and heard, uh, because that's what that news was. I think I mentioned it in passing either yesterday or last week, but Jaden Daniels starting for LSU against us in his first game with a new team under a new coach is arguably best case scenario. Um, This arguably moves that game into a should win column for me. Jaden Daniels. It's funny. If you go on Twitter, you'll see some people who have decent opinions of Jaden Daniels. Um, I think the, most apt comparison I've seen is that he's a poor man's Jordan Travis. Um, So take from that what you will, but Jane Daniels has done nothing in his college career outside of a good freshman season to make me worry about him beating us at LSU. He threw 10 picks to 10 touchdowns last year. Um, It's not good. You'll see some people say it was coaching. That's fine. Um, But he's regressed since his freshman year. And he didn't show me anything last year at Arizona state that leads me to believe suddenly he's due for this drastic turnaround. So you talk about the most important player on the uh, most important. Yeah. You talk about the most important position on the field and they have a guy playing it who I firmly believe makes their team worse than what the options were before today. Yeah. And with Jay and Daniels, actually, I was one of the few people that actually was a big fan of his freshman campaign and also was one of the people that wanted Willie Taggart to recruit him actually in, in the 2019 class you know, alongside Sam Hale all the time. And then as the story unfolded, we all know what happened. We got neither. But he did struggle his sophomore campaign in his junior season. And that kind of raises the concern that maybe just maybe his freshman campaign was boosted by Brandon Ayuk, who is now actually a weapon for the 49ers offense. And also Eno Benjamin, who was a very damn good running back. And then I think we all remember the Arizona State game. I'm sorry, the bowl game, which I think was the uh, – it was the – not the PSL, it was the Sun Bowl, right, correct? The one uh, Arizona? It was the James Blackman pick six bowl. It was the – yeah, it was the James – back. <laughs> you're right, the James Blackman pick six bowl. But overall, to me, 
The only concern I kind of have, I guess, with Jay Nails being named as a starting QB is that Mike Denbrock is now the offensive coordinator at LSU. For those of you who don't know, before he arrived at LSU with Brian Kelly, he was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach for Cincinnati and helped Desmond return to a basically a Heisman dark horse heading the last year, but also now a third-round pick, sorry, a fourth-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. So to me, I'm a little concerned by that. And also, Brian Kelly does get a lot out of his QBs. And you saw we saw last year with Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn actually was a solid QB for the entire year, even though I think I said on his program that I had no fear of him whatsoever. And then he played like freaking Eli Manning out there during, during the Super Bowl run. But then also, you can go back even further. Dave, do you remember Brian Kelly's first like true good QB at Notre Dame? Uh, no. Everett Golson. And that's the only concern I actually have with this is because I think Jane Daniels, if Brian Kelly can use that skill set similar to how we had, had with Everett Golson before transfer to Florida State, that could honestly be a primary concern for me heading into LSU. But I kind of agree with you where we have a larger, a larger sample size with Jane Daniels for the past two seasons. So I'm not actually worried, and I agree with you that this has turned into a must-win game. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say should win. Um, the only part of – Should win, you're right. Sorry, should win from the side. Yeah, the only part of Jaden Daniels starting for LSU that kind of gives me pause is we're going to learn an awful lot about the state of the linebacking room and the ability of the defensive line to contain a mobile, uh, mobile quarterback. Uh, you know, he wasn't great through the air last year, and I think matching up against our defensive backs, I like our chances in the passing game against LSU, but – Jane Daniels ran for more yards than Jordan Travis did last year. He ran for 710 yards and six touchdowns. Um, if you recall, against Syracuse last year, we had, was it Garrett Schrader? Run for 11,000 yards out of friggin' nowhere. Um, so, do I think... The defense, slowest, fast guy alive. I think that's what we called him, right? Unreal. That is exactly what we called him. And, I mean, if he can do that, I, I worry about Jane Daniels with much better legs and a much faster quarterback doing that. However, like I said, it's a good test for the linebacking room. We're told it's a lot better than it was last year and that it's better than it has been over the last half decade. We're going to find that out really quick against LSU, but still like our chances. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. And all point, signs point Tatum Bethune fully recovered from the groin injury that he did suffer, suffer I think, during spring camp. And then also with Jan Daniels, too, like you watch a lot of his highlights or lowlights, whatever you want to call them, actually while he was at Arizona State the past two seasons. He misses a lot of his receivers wide open, especially yeah. in the flat on, on the outside. They're 10 yard outs. And I know that fans are in the comments right now are going to be talking about basically how their wide receiver core for LSU is dangerous. Yeah. It's extremely dangerous. Kayshawn Boutte is a top 10 potential pick. Yep. Issue is, you need a solid, consistent quarterback to actually basically, you know, have your wide receivers wreak havoc on a defensive back. So, Dave, I'm right there with you. This is a should win game now. And quite honestly, this could probably be something that ho hopefully catapults Mike Norvell actually probably to a solid start for the season. But what do you think would happen? And you can probably keep it to you a minute or less. What happen if FSU kind of drops the ball against LSU in a very, not a close game fashion, but also, but a little more that in a dominant fashion where LSU or Jane Daniel kind of like sparks it up against us. If Jane Daniels sparks it up against us with what I expect to be a defense that'll contend for top 25. I mean, you're talking I don't want to be hyperbolic, but you're, you're talking about kind of reshaping your mindset for the season. Like 
you see on Twitter right now, I think they did a Twitter poll where like 80 something percent of FSU fans think that we're, we, we're going to or should win eight plus games. Should we? Because we're Florida State? Absolutely. Every single year we should be winning eight games. Um, but just taking into account what this team is and what it's been, um, the expectation for eight wins, I don't think should be there. Um, there's hope for it. This team is definitely capable of it, but you go out and get torched by an LSU team that again, I think definitively has the worst quarterback between the two teams. And I don't even want to watch the LSU game the next week when you face Malik Cunningham. You mean the FSU game against Malik Cunningham? Yeah. Right. Right. No, and I'm right there with you, but also I don't think this team, I think this team has evolved to a point that we, this defense is going to be really damn good. I yeah. project this defense to be top 25. And if you watch our hot takes episode, I legitimately think this could be a top three defense, the ACC primarily because Clemson is going to be nasty again. And so it's NC state, but I think that this team could have a top 15 defense at the end of the day. And then we'll talk about Jordan Travis in the next segment. But before we do that, folks, we'd be remiss here. Locked on Samuels. I'm talking about friends over at BetOnline.net. And you know what time it is. You know what day it is. It is the Faye Dave special of the week. Dave, are you ready to basically help our friends win money by going against you? Don't I always. Dave, today's line of the day is going to be Utah versus Florida. Florida is a two-and-a-half-point underdog to Utah at home. Dave, let the folks know where they should go with this pick. Yeah, not even just because I hate Florida and everybody that likes Florida and anything that has orange in it because partially Florida, but – Utah was a damn good team last year. Um, I, I just, you can't say enough about what Kyle Whittingham's done with that team. And this is an opportunity to really show that on the big stage against an SEC team that I think a lot of people expect to be better than last year. Um, and I just give me Utah. And I only, we're talking less than a field goal margin here. I fully expect Utah to win this game in semi-dominant fashion. Yeah, this is a game that I actually have Utah winning by maybe four to seven points, maybe yep. by a score. So, folks, head on over to betline.net. We're not going to fade Dave here, so hopefully Dave's words do not come back to haunt us, but take Utah at minus two and a half. Head on over to betline.net today. Use promo code Locked On. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 100%. That's right, folks, a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Please use promo code Locked On L-O-C-K. E-D-O-N, Bellline, where the game starts. And we are back. We are rocking and rolling. Thank you guys so much for being locked on Seminoles versus each and every single day. And now, Dave, we got some positional breakdowns, and there's no better one to start off with than the one that we think is the most important position on the field, and that is the quarterback spot. Now, typically, we would do a depth chart, but uh, I think we all know that Jordan Travis is QB1, unless, you know, Gino English slides in there real quick at the end of the day, the TikTok sensation himself. That's a joke, folks. But, Dave, let's talk about Jordan Travis real quick. Yep. He's someone that you and I weren't the biggest fans of, you know, heading into last season, and sure. he showcased his ability not only to throw the ball better, but also he improved over the last course of his last four games. I think he threw for on average around 230 yards per game the last four games. So yep. – what do you expect out of JT this season actually heading into 2022? And also what goals do you have in mind actually for him overall? Yeah. So like you said, um, Jordan Travis, I think last year made each of us. And I think a lot of people who were dubious of whether he is QB one 
I think he made a lot of us feel better about going into this year with him solidified as the starter. He, we were told going into last season that he got better as a passer in spring and fall. And he did, he did improve as a passer. Um, you still saw some frustrating moments last year where especially like the intermediate passes you want to see, it may be a completion, but you want to see him hit a runner in stride so that we're getting yards after the catch. And look, if Jordan Travis can improve his accuracy moderately, um, he still showed the ability to throw a great deep ball last year on, on several throws and on wheel routes. And those are, those are exciting things. And, you know, I'm sure we'll see, I'm sure we'll see more of that this year, but I, I just want to see getting back to the basics. Like I want to see the shortened intermediate throws um, put in a place where only the receiver can catch it. And then in, in, in situations where the receiver's gotten separation in a place where they can run with it. That's going to be, I think the next evolution for, for Jordan Travis. And yet again, all accounts out of fall camp are that Jordan Travis has improved over last year, just like he did last year over the year before that. So we did a show a couple of weeks ago on, I, I think it was one surprising stat um, that, or, or one interesting stat that you need to see improved from last year. And the one I said on offense was that you need to see Jordan Travis attempting more than 20 passes a game. Um, in those games where you did that last year, we were three and one, and that is not a small sample size. And last year, if you just look at the raw numbers, Jordan Travis played in 10 games and he threw 194 attempts. So he was attempting less than 20 passes a game. I would like to see that number closer to 25. Jordan Travis's legs, we all know what they are. And he's going to be able to use those when the pocket breaks down and designed runs. I don't think we, any of us have any question about that, but if you make opposing defenses truly worry about him throwing the ball, every time he drops back, you're going to really ratchet up his ability on the ground or the opportunity for his running ability on the ground. Plus I do think he'll be able to be effective enough as a passer as he continues his evolution. So assuming he stays healthy over those 12, let's call it 12 games, uh, 25 passes a game. I don't think that's too much to ask for. And if you see him attempting that, I think you could start seeing him jump over 2000 yards passing, hopefully closer to 2,500 yards passing that will make FSU's offense well-rounded enough that I think you could see a top 50 ish range, which would be a market improvement over last year. So then I do kind of want to ask then that this team has seen success primarily with running the ball primarily. We saw with Jason yeah. Corbin the past few seasons, the emergence of Treshawn Ward, and by all accounts, Trey Benson might be the second coming of Cam Akers real quick because yeah. he apparently has been tearing it up since spring and also in the fall. He's a thunder to Treshawn Ward's lightning. So I do want to ask you that if you're asking Jordan to throw the ball an extra, what would that be on average? Like extra nine, six, five to six times a game on average. Five, six times a game on average? Do you think that we are in a position enough to basically go away from what's working to at least experiment with, I guess, throwing the ball a little bit more? Because primarily this is a year where this is a prove it year for Coach Mike Norvell. And if he sees even the big, if he even shows an inkling or a sign of struggling when it comes to passing or, you know, the wide receivers are back to the old wide receivers. We'll talk about that more later in the week. Do you think that, you know, Mike Norvell will afford Jordan Travis the opportunity to basically throw 20, 25 times a game? Well, I think the answer is yes, for a couple of reasons. One, the run blocking should be better this year. And the reason it should be better is because it 
almost could not have gotten worse than it was last year. A lot of people, I don't think, fully understand or appreciate how impressive it was what Jay Sean Corbin and, um, oh my God, Trayshawn Ward did last year in spite, purely in spite of piss poor run blocking. If the run blocking hasn't improved much over last year, yes, we're hearing great reports out of Trey Benson. I don't know that you're going to be able to sustain what you did last year over a full season in terms of the running game. Um, so if the run blocking is, is markedly better, yeah, you'll probably still see us pound the rock an awful lot. Um, but if you make a concerted effort to have Jordan Travis throwing the ball more again, I, I, I think that directly impacts your ability to succeed in the run game, because if you're having to worry truly that Jordan Travis is going to be pass first, suddenly you're not having those safeties cheat into the box quite so much. So you're opening up running lanes for the running backs by throwing the ball more, as long as it's effective, you should be improving the run game just purely based on opportunity and less crowded boxes. So yes, I do think you'll see the coaching staff at, you know, I don't want to say give it a whirl. Like, I don't think that's an experimental thing. I think you'll see a commitment to throwing the ball more early in the season, seeing how that goes. If that truly does open up the run game, you're going to see a much more dynamic Florida state offense. I completely agree with that. And that's also primarily because I mean, we, it's basically asking basically Jordan Travis to take all the extra attempts that Mackenzie Milton had last year. Yeah. And right. they gave Mackenzie Milton a lot, a lot of attempts. Actually, I think Max I said, said it a few weeks ago where it was 194 passes for Jordan Travis. And then Mackenzie had like 130 plus something around those lines overall. We can double the math on that real quick. Um, so to me, I don't think it's, it's too much to ask for him to actually probably throw the ball 20, 25 times a game. I think it's more asking to basically be more accurate on those intermediate short throws and throws over the middle where the sample size is very small, but Jordan Travis completed 25% of his passes over the middle in the AC. And that was second to last only above. I think it was Garrett Schrader overall and Phil Dracovic was right above him. But the only thing was Phil Dracovic only had, I think 10 passes or 15 passes directly over the middle short intermediate. So to me, I agree with that. And then before we go to our next break, Dave, I do got to ask you the elephant in the room. Do you think Jordan actually has the capability to be fully healthy for a full 12 game season? Because that's something we haven't seen with him, even in his time in Louisville. And that's something where Jordan is probably the only player on this team that if he is out, if he's lost injury dictates your win loss, actually right. total by a full one to honestly, maybe even two games. Yeah. All right. Look, I'm going to wish this into existence. Yes. I think Jordan Travis can stay healthy for a full season. There, there's a formula to it though. It's not, it's not as simple as, you know, just have your lucky rabbit's foot with you. Like if you have make a concerted effort, like I was saying, there's a domino effect here to throw the ball more than you're running it. Jordan Travis runs with a reckless abandon that I, I just, you can't teach it. Some players just play with a reckless abandon. Like they put their heart on the line. They risk injury. That's why we love, that's why we love watching him. It is. He'll do anything for that extra yard, which you've seen a lot of quarterbacks just, you know, step out of bounds a little early when they could have taken a little contact and got a first down. That's not Jordan Travis. But if you're asking him to to throw the ball more, which means you're having him run less, most likely, then I think that will limit to some degree his injury risk. And the last thing I'll say about that is 
you don't bring in as many receivers in the transfer portal as we did and totally restock that cupboard with talent, mostly blue chip talent, by the way, at least as high school recruits, unless you have a game plan to, you know, surround Jordan Travis with what he needs to throw the ball more, because I don't know, maybe last year he threw it less. There's a whole host of factors because Mike Norvell didn't trust him as QB one yet because we had Mackenzie Milton because the receivers just weren't warranting throwing the ball as much as we otherwise could or would. Uh, that's not the case this year. That excuse is gone. The pass blocking should be very good. You with the pass blocking being good, you throw the ball more and you limit his risk of having to run it every other down and scramble all over the place. Yeah. I think you can stay healthy for the season. No, Dave, I actually completely agree with that. And I think that this showcased by basically how Jordan Travis, I think, had what one or two series that Norvell finally actually is in his camp and actually is finally actually allowing him to be the QB one. He, you know, actually has earned the right to be at this point. Um, yeah. He's followed off. Basically, he had a privilege, you know, with James Blackman here, which I have no idea why Mike Norvell actually came into camp with JB one as a starter. And then the following season, it took Tate Ronamaker throwing a pick six to Jacksonville State defensive back to actually throw him into action. And then last year with Mackenzie Millen, who was, who by all accounts was struggling in practice, which I understand that's his practice. Jordan Travis has definitely earned the right to be quarterback one. And he does have now all his options with a Micah Pittman, a Johnny Wilson, a Deuce Span, and hopefully when he's fully healthy towards, you know, the middle of the season, I think with Winston Wright too as well. But I do want to ask, this is basically the world we're attorneys. We like hypotheticals. We're big. Yeah. What ifs? we're basically looking at different situations what if, say, game four or game five comes around and Jordan Travis has been unable to click with his wide receivers? Say that he finally has he's been gaining the time he deserves, he needs. His wide receivers are getting open, but we don't see Jordan take that next full step that we kind of want him to see. Or even worse, that he is not declining, but you're, you can definitely see the offense is struggling a little bit. Or simply put, he's been nagging an injury as he always has been. So he's been nagging with an injury because, as we've said, as you said yesterday, that's more often than not evidence shows that he does play injured a lot. He's a tough yep. kid. So what, what kind of faith do you have, I guess, in Tate Rodemaker or even AJ Duffy to basically, basically what I'm going to ask you right now is what's your faith in the QB room to basically, if they need to come, come and spring into action, if JT is not getting the job done or he just can't get the job done. Yeah. So this is obviously the natural second part of the quarterback discussion, which is the world without Jordan Travis. Um, we, we had, we had, we did a full episode on this um, a couple of months back where we said, what does missing Jordan Travis for say against Duquesne, God forbid he got injured and missed the rest of the season. What does that do to FSU season? I think it, I think we said it was a two to three game swing. We expected, or if not more, at least, I think honestly, at least two would be awesome. Too. Right. I, like, I, I think, I think you're not expecting necessarily to make a bowl game if Jordan Travis were to go down early. And to be clear, to answer your and to answer your question directly, that's not an indictment of AJ Duffy. AJ Duffy is a true freshman. I do not like the idea of throwing true freshmen into action, especially if you're talking in the middle of the season and the and you know in the heat of ACC play. We saw what that James Blackman. We saw things circulating on Twitter, some videos of the Arizona State game today. So this is probably a sore subject. But his freshman year, he was very good here, especially relative to what he probably should have been able to do as a true freshman. The problem was that ruined his career. Um, it, it may not have just been the fact that he played so early, but I don't think him the offensive line was pretty bad too. I'll give it was, it was. I just don't think him playing, being thrust into that kind of action was good for his development. Just like I don't expect it to be for AJ Duffy. Now, 
if Jordan Travis goes down, you ask the question, do I feel confident about Tate Rodemaker? Look, I'll say this. Tate Rodemaker. Take, take, take a deeper breath before we get into this thing. I can tell it's going to take a little bit of time to do that. Tate Rodemaker was, Tate Rodemaker was asked to start a football game. Tate Rodemaker has played in five career games. I, I, I can't envision a world, like, like, put it this way. This is what I'll say. This is nothing against Tate Rodemaker. Maybe he's gotten better. I hope he's gotten better. I, I hope he can fill in if, if he needs to. But if I was an NFL team and I was looking to tank my season to have a better draft pick, I'd throw a Tate Rodemaker out there. That, that's, that's what I'd be doing. Um, because we threw him to the Wolves when he started a game. And, and it wasn't just obvious to like us. People who don't necessarily follow Florida State football closely or even like huge college football fans, you could see that in that game, he looked like a deer in the headlights. He was young, um, for sure. And this is now his third year in the system. I expect him to be more competent. And you heard Max say yesterday that he thought in a world where you had to choose a starting quarterback, not named Jordan Travis for a game early on in the season, especially, you probably do start Tate Rodemaker and make damn sure that he can't possibly get you a win before you turn to AJ Duffy. Um, I, I don't feel good about that world. I, I just, I would expect to lose the games that we would have to start Tate Rodemaker. Um, AJ Duffy though, I think that's a different conversation. A uh, lot of, lot of promise as a high school quarterback. He's a big kid. That's, that's kind of the thing that I think strikes you most when you see just when you see him in person or on or on video, especially as you know, is his time there in yeah, he's, a, he's a pretty he's a pretty like large kid for being Stocky. an eighteen year old. Yeah, like he kind of has that Sam Howell body to me, and like he's a similar size to Sam Howell. Now oh, he's, he's got like four inches on Sam Howell. Come on, he's a lot taller than Sam. Right. Sam was like what five nine, five ten. I'll tell you what, if AJ Duffy turns into Sam Howell, who did play early in his career at UNC, obviously true freshman. Whew, that'd be best case scenario for us. I'm not necessarily expect. I'm, I'm not expecting that. Um, but I, I mean, you, you, the throwing ability is there. He was described by Mike Norvell as I, I think he said he was as like ready. He, he just seemed like, like ready and mature as mature as any true freshman. I think he said he'd ever seen, which is a great sign for a position where maturity is at a premium. So we can't talk much about what we expect him to be able to do on the field. He has a good arm. He's I think deceptively fast for how stocky he is. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily like in the first game, if he had to start a game, I wouldn't necessarily expect to lose it until I was proven otherwise, because he was a blue chip quarterback prospect and he looks the part. But again, in a world where Jordan Travis goes down, uh, I think you start Tate Rodemaker first and make sure there's nothing there for you before you, you turn AJ Duffy and just, just pray, hope and pray that he can have a kind of Sam Howell baby, a baby Sam Howell impact. No, and I can honestly completely agree with that primarily. I'm fully expecting Jordan, actually. This is going to be kind of my goal, and I think this is something that's going to happen. I fully hope and expect and honestly want to see Jordan Travis have a full, healthy 12-game season because yeah. I think if you watch over with camp, that basically they're kind of having him like on like a football version of a pitch count when it comes yeah. to series, when it comes to playing. And to me, when you ask Jordan to throw the ball a little bit more, that might, you know, lead to a shoulder issue. But then also, if you see a lot of his injuries, they come on him taking hits because, as we said, I think in one of our first podcasts that we did before we joined Locked On, the kid's a gamer. The kid yeah. will get you those extra five to ten yards. He will be – he's, always like, always the most elusive player out there. 
but also leads to unnecessary hits. And that's where someone like Tony Tokars, who also was a dual threat QB, don't let the flame the frame fool you. He's the man's an athlete, or he can say, Hey, Jordan, slide here, go out of bounds here. Those extra three to four yards is actually not getting worked and pummeled by a grown ass man in the power five level. And then with Tate Rodemaker, I actually am starting to believe the hype a little more, primarily because at this time, he's now th- is his third year in the system. And yeah. hopefully, this is where he gets to be a little more comfortable. And also, you see him talking with Jordan, you see him talking with AJ. It seems that basically they're all learning from each other. And then with Duffy, one of the big things you can say about him that like you want to push him to start, I get it that there are true freshmen are allowed to play early and allowed to be good. You see that with Sam Howell. You see that with T-Law. I don't think Duffy is anywhere near those two kids right now, primarily because, remember, he didn't hasn't played football, organized football in a competitive setting since, I want to say, November because he did suffer an injury while he was at the IMG Academy. Yeah. But I do think the future is really bright with A.J. Duffy because you already heard him. He struggled at the beginning of camp, but now he's getting comfortable. He's getting the confidence. And that's one of the big things you want to cultivate over a full year of not playing is seeing how confident he is with the offense and with this team. And now, Dave, I do want to ask you, last question. When it comes to Jordan Travis, if he stays fully healthy and he plays the same way as last season, what is the ceiling for this Florida State football team? If we have a, well, look, if Jordan Travis stays healthy, just staying healthy, and he is what he is last year, I I do think that that's like an eight-win sort of team. Um, Jordan Travis, I think, was good enough to be that kind of team last year. The only issue was, A, that he suffered injuries, and B, that we turned to Mackenzie Milton hoping he would be UCF pre-knee explosion Mackenzie Milton, and it, it, it just wasn't there, unfortunately. Um, oh, your leg was that man's entire leg was it, he had the yeah. Alex Smith tackle that was so bad. It was, he, it was a miracle he was able to walk, to be honest with you. He did. Um, yeah, and but but if you're talking about a Jordan Travis that's staying healthy and improving off last year, that's when it that's when it doesn't seem so ridiculous to me to think that this you know could finally be like that breakthrough nine win team because again, if he's staying healthy, that to me probably says the offensive line is better. Um, I expect the receivers to be a lot better for obvious reasons, the running back room and the running game. I expect to be similar, comparable to last year and the defense will be better. So the team around him is better than it was last year, even losing a guy like Jermaine Johnson. Like it it is a better team. Um, so if he stays healthy and he improves, that's where you get to that nine conversation. Otherwise a healthy JT should get you eight. And I, I, you know, just one last note about AJ Duffy. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how highly rated that kid was on some services. Like on ESPN, ESPN had him as a top 40 overall prospect and the number three quarterback. And there were definitely times where you go watch this film and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, He was a blue chip prospect by every service out there. And the kid will be able to, I think, to be that guy at Florida State. If it's this year, I'm, you know, you probably not as a true freshman. That's just how it is for true freshmen. So you, we better be praying Jordan Travis stays healthy. And honestly, I think folks that we need to be worried more about the health of the offensive line, which yeah. is what we'll talk about tomorrow. But that's why I think we've been saying on this program that this team can win eight games, should win seven, will win six primarily because we'll see with personnel decisions, coaching decisions, and also the full health of Jordan Travis and folks, the way everything's shaping up right now, I am excited for the 2022 season. Dave's excited. 
Max is excited. Holly and Stacey is excited. But folks, thank you guys so much for loving support and making Locked On Seminoles your first listen each and every single day. Now, Dave, give them the podcast instructions and also you know what to do about YouTube. Okay. Well, for the podcast instructions, we are everywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, all those good places. Um, for YouTube, if you liked the video, give us a like. Just let us know. Um, follow the channel um, so, or subscribe to the channel. Uh, ding the little bell at the top. It'll give you notifications uh, when the show drops every day. And leave us a comment below. Ask us a question. We read comments and questions in our mandatory mailbag Mondays. And especially as we get closer to the season, questions can get a lot funner. Hit us with your best shot. We are officially 11 days away. We are Malik McLean days away, or Sam McCall days away, if you want to talk about defense, away from FSU kicking off against the David Duquesnes, the Fighting Dukes. And for Drake, that was Dave, and we'll see you all next time on Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Go Noles, game day soon.